I'm Father Paul Donison, and this is Praying with the Saints. Each episode will contain a shortened evening prayer service and also an opportunity for me to share a story from the life of a saint, an ordinary Christian like you and me who sought to follow Jesus in their generation. We're using the Book of Common Prayer 2019, and you can download the liturgy sheet off our website. And if you have a BCP 2019, you can turn to page 41, where evening prayer begins. But some of you will already have these words memorized. And for others, perhaps you'll simply want to listen and have these words prayed over you tonight. And we're encouraging you to share it with others. Tonight, I want to tell you the story of a man who helped the modern church rediscover its mission within our own pagan Western culture. This is the story of Leslie Newbigin. Let us quiet our hearts before God. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, We have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and apart from your grace there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults, Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Hear these words of absolution and comfort. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 75 on page 364 in the prayer book. Unto you, O God, do we give thanks. Indeed, unto you do we give thanks. Those who call upon your name declare your wondrous works. Surely at the time which I appoint, I, the Lord, will judge according to what is right. The earth shakes with fear, and all that dwell therein, But I, even I, have made firm its pillars. I say to the proud, you should not boast. And to the ungodly, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high, nor speak with a stiff neck. For help comes neither from the east nor from the west, nor yet from the wilderness or the mountains. For it is God who is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is foaming. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. As for the dregs of it, all the ungodly of the earth shall drink them and drain them out. But I will magnify the God of Jacob and praise him forever and ever. All the horns of the ungodly I will break, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. What kind of character is required to effectively preach and minister within a world that is so hostile to the gospel? Let me tell you the story of Leslie Newbegin. He was born in 1909 in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, England. He attended Queen's College at Cambridge, and he was an agnostic, but spiritually curious as a young man. He asked a fellow student for advice on how he could investigate the Christian faith, and the student said, buy an alarm clock, which Leslie did, because what the student was inviting him to do was to get up early and read the Bible for 30 minutes each morning. And Leslie did just that, and he was soon converted to Christianity. He became active in the student Christian movement, focused on evangelism and mission, and eventually began working on staff for the SCM in Glasgow. While on staff there, he met Helen Henderson, his future wife. And after he was ordained in 1936 at the age of 27 in the Church of Scotland, Leslie and Helen left to serve as missionaries in Madras, India. Now, Leslie's brilliant mind helped him quickly become conversant not only with the Tamil language, but also with the ins and outs of Indian culture and various forms of Hindu philosophy. He learned how to faithfully cross the cultural divide and effectively share the gospel. In 1947, after 11 years there at the age of 38, Leslie was made a bishop of the newly established Church of South India, which was a denomination that brought together in unity the Anglicans, the Reformed, and the Methodists into one church. In 1959, at the age of 50, he became the Secretary General of what was called the International Missionary Council and led its merger with the World Council of Churches. And this work moved Leslie and Helen from India to Geneva. But in 1965, they returned back to India, and Leslie served as the Bishop of Madras until his retirement in 1974. At the age of 65, after 38 years of remarkable ministry, a quiet retirement would be natural and expected, but not for Leslie. When he and Helen returned to the UK, they discovered an entirely new and even more challenging foreign mission field, the Western world, now devoid of the gospel. Leslie wrote, Ministry in England is much harder than anything I met in India. There is a cold contempt for the gospel, which is harder to face than full opposition. England is a pagan society, and the development of a truly missionary encounter with this very tough form of paganism is the greatest intellectual and practical task facing the church. So Leslie applied his experience as a cross-cultural missionary to begin teaching the church to communicate the gospel within this new foreign English culture of idols and ideologies. And it wasn't just England. It was the whole modern Western world. The lands which had birthed the modern missionary movement had now lost the gospel, and they were now the mission field. For the next 20 years, Leslie wrote 
and lectured, boldly calling the church to mission. He wrote, I have felt that my main ministry was just to encourage ministers and pastors and clergy to be more confident in preaching the gospel. I have been so horrified by a kind of timidity by Christian preachers and ministers. That was precisely the ministry that Leslie Newbegin had to me as well. Though he died in 1998, the year before I began seminary, I spent most of seminary reading Newbegin's writings, reading his sermons, and learning about his passion to call the church back into a missionary society within a pagan Western world. Probably as much as any other theologian, Leslie Newbegin's work on cross-cultural ministry right here in our own land has impacted me as a preacher and minister of the gospel. Leslie never thought of himself as the great world-renowned theologian that he truly was. In fact, a couple years before his death, a writer went to interview Leslie and Helen at their small apartment in the senior living center in which they lived in Birmingham, England. After visiting him, the writer noted how humble Leslie was and how focused he was on encouraging the ministry of others, especially that of young people. The writer wrote this, He, Bishop Newbigin, does not act like a great man. In fact, it is not entirely clear that he realizes he is a great man. If he does, he does not seem to consider it important. When I think of Bishop Leslie's life, I think of the words of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned. This is the story of Leslie Newbigin, the story of an ordinary saint that God empowered to impact his generation with the gospel. May his story inspire you and remind you that God is still in the business of empowering ordinary saints today. Let us confess we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show your mercy upon us and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide those who govern us and lead us in the way of justice and truth. Clothe your ministers with righteousness and let your people sing with joy. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and defend us by your mighty power. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. A Collect for Peace O God, the source of all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Aid Against Perils Lighten our darkness, we beseech you, O Lord, and by your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A Night Prayer Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Let us conclude this evening with prayer number 17 on page 651, a prayer for the mission of the Church. O God, our Heavenly Father, you manifested your love by sending your only begotten Son into the world that all might live through him. Pour out your spirit on your church that we may fulfill his command to preach the gospel to all people. Send forth laborers into your harvest. Defend them in all dangers and temptations and hasten the time when the fullness of the Gentiles shall be gathered in and faithful Israel shall be saved through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. This concludes this evening's podcast, and I'm glad you joined us for Praying with the Saints. If this prayer podcast has blessed you, we encourage you to subscribe at ChristChurchPlano.org, and we encourage you to share this with your friends. I'm Father Paul Donison, and I'm looking forward to praying with you next time. Until then, I pray that you would have a peaceful night and a perfect rest.